0: Good evening, everybody. Good evening to those in the vine. And good evening to those uh, at home on live stream. And tonight, we, I want to ask you just to put on your night vision goggles. We're just going to have that music playing quietly in the background. Jacob, if you could make sure it's not too loud on, on the live stream. I'm going to sit down tonight, if that's okay, because it's. It's a nighttime story. I've got a a nighttime story, so I'm gonna ask you to put your night vision goggles on, sit back, relax, and listen to a story called The Transforming River of Blessing. It was once hundreds of years ago, a local church in a small city, in a mystical and magical land, in the Northern Hemisphere. The city was steeped in history and culture and its people were down to earth and friendly, yet they did not know or worship God. The church was made up from people of every background and culture and nationality. They were a mixture of poor and rich, young and old. They went to school, college, and worked in the city. There were school kids, sportsmen and women. Some worked in government as local counselors. There were teachers, there was university lecturers. Some of them were out of work and retired, but they all had a sense of purpose and lived on mission. There were some who worked on checkouts and some at the local recycling center. Some were doctors, nurses, midwives, and pharmacists, while others were baristas and childcare providers. There were full time mums, florists, artists, singers, actors, and dancers who brought laughter and joy in the local theater. Some worked on the local radio, were journalists for a national paper, and designed websites and media to help local and national businesses. Some owned local businesses and designed new homes and extensions. And others ran cafes, fishmongers, and restaurants. Others were engineers designing offshore wind farms or submarines for national defense. Maybe we could just put the music down just a wee touch. That would be wonderful, thank you. But it was a beautiful tapestry of people We were gifted by God with a whole variety of skills, gifts, and talents. Yet despite their incredible differences, these people were known by their love for God and people. They were incredibly different, but they all had one thing in common. They burned with love for the God they worshiped, and they shared one common goal to love and honor their God with their whole lives. They loved nothing more than to worship God. In fact, they worshiped God not only with their tongues, but with their whole lives. They loved nothing more than to sing and praise and worship God, whether they were alone in the shower, on their daily commute, or in their homes. Their homes were constantly filled with worship. And during their busy mornings getting ready for work and the kids getting ready for school, worship was constantly playing. And the sweet melodies of children singing permeated their homes. The retired and those who lived alone permeated their homes with worship. And this brought them incredible comfort and strength. They were not fully aware, but as they sang, they were strengthening their souls and they were silencing the voice of their enemy. And when they gathered in small groups or as a large, large gathering, they loved to sing and worship. But it's not just because they enjoyed singing. It was deeply spiritual. And through it, they encountered the very presence of the God they worshipped. When they, they were asked why they loved worship so much, their common response was, worship is my happy place. I encounter the God of love and nothing compares to His presence. His presence is everything to me and is in His presence I experience God, His love, compassion, kindness, grace, healing, and peace. His love softens my heart and transforms me from the inside out. They loved worship and were devoted to worship not only when they gathered weekly, but daily in their lives. They worshiped their God joyfully with singing, with prayer, with meditation, with serving, with giving, but they also burned with a love and a respect for their sacred book, which they called the Bible. They vowed this book more than anything on earth because they said it contained the very words of God itself. And they actually believed that this book still spoke to them today. So they memorized certain parts of it, believing it kept him strong and focused, and they discussed the words of this book when they met together in small groups or as a large group. Love was a divine, defining characteristic of this church. They overflowed in love for God, for one another and also the people of their schools and their city who did not share their faith. Not only were they marked by love, but by humility. No matter how much they earned or how much they knew or what position they worked in, they all valued each other the same as children of God who were made in the image of God. And this was a beautiful people, not full of themselves or their opinions, but incredibly humble, gentle, generous, peaceful, and joyful. They were patient with themselves and others. They had learned self-control over their thoughts, words, and actions. They were passionate about goodness and justice and helping the poor and worked in their workplaces and city to bring justice and fairness to all. The incredible thing about these people though was how normal and down to earth they were. They were not perfect and they knew it. They each had a weakness or struggle but had learned to depend on God's grace in their area of weakness. And they allowed their weakness to keep them humble and dependent on God. When asked, they would admit they were not perfect and had struggles. They were a work in progress, and they had their moments. But they would say they were on a growth journey and being transformed day by day. And this wonderful, diverse group of people had a shared vision. They shared the common understanding that they were made in the image of God in order to reflect the character and nature of God into this world. They understood that this was their common purpose, to worship God, to represent Him in the world, their world, their streets, their neighbors. And they understood this happened best the more they were transformed into the likeness and nature of the God that they worshiped. And they actually believed that God came to earth as a man called Jesus, to reveal God's character and nature. And they believed that they could be transformed by something called the Holy Spirit into that same character and nature. As they met together, worshiped together, prayed together, learned together, and worked with a spiritual mentor, They actually believed they could be transformed from the inside out to become more and more like the character and nature of God. Their God was kind, tender-hearted, patient, full of goodness, and abounding in love. And they were growing in these qualities. They believed in spiritual transformation from the inside out and they called this the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the Beatitudes. The the fruit of the Holy Spirit and the Beatitudes became the culture of this wonderful group of people. They called it kingdom culture because they worshiped Jesus as their king and his values shaped their culture, their language, their beliefs and practices their highest value was love love for god and love for people and the fruit of the spirit enabled them to love all the more they believed to help them love better the holy spirit would produce fruit in their lives joy peace patience kindness goodness gentleness and faithfulness and each fruit would be a gift to help them love better and improve every relationship in their lives. So this wonderful diverse church was a group of people who loved to worship. To worship they were focused on spiritual transformation of themselves and one another. They cheered each other on to worship more and grow more and as they did their joy And enjoyment of life increased. One incredible characteristic that all these people shared was a very clear understanding of their mission and purpose. Young and old, children, youth, adults, rich and poor, employed and unemployed, all shared a very clear understanding of their mission. Their mission was the King's mission. They were blessed to be a blessing. They were blessed to be good news to the broken and the hurting in their streets, their neighborhood, their cities. They clearly understood and believed they were blessed people who were commissioned to bring flourishing to homes, streets, villages, people, and cities. They viewed their work not as a curse, but as a blessing. In fact, they loved their work. They enjoyed and appreciated their work and viewed their work as worship. Their gifts, their skills, talents, and abilities were given by God to love and serve people. And they did it with love. And as they did, they felt deep contentment and purpose. The people clearly understood their worship and service of God was as real in the workplace on a Monday morning as their singing in church was on a Sunday morning. They had been blessed with the presence of God and viewed themselves as children of God, called to represent Him and make visible the invisible God. They knew that as children of God, they had special privileges and benefits that flowed into their lives like a river, and they believed that this river of blessing was to flow to them and through them to everyone they came into contact with. The river was a river of God's presence, blessing, love, and kindness that would bring flourishing wherever it flowed. As they blessed others with love and mercy and kindness, they believed they were making visible the invisible God. As they worshiped, they encountered God and were transformed and filled. And then they flowed as they went to their workplaces and daily lives. And the river of blessing was flowing from heaven to earth through ordinary vessels, and the river then split and flowed wherever the people went. Through the week as the primary teacher went to school, the river flowed into the school. She met with children, some of who were recovering from trauma, broken lives. But the teacher smiled, made eye contact with the children. She shared love, compassion, kindness, and empathy. And for some children, this was the only kind words they heard that week. And those words would shape and remain with them forever, reshaping and healing traumatized brains. The teacher believed she was blessed to be a blessing. The river split and flowed into homes of the lonely and hurting as those who were retired and unemployed, dads and kids, visited, loved, and served their neighbors. The lonely and hurting were comforted as a river of blessing flowed into their homes and brought blessing of children, laughter, tears, flowers scones and warm soup to warm their souls. They were made in love and served with love. Children played and and smiled and laughed with the lonely elderly neighbors. For some it was the only human connection they would get. That week, the highlight of their week. Prayer was offered and a tear trickled down the grieving widow's cheek as the river flowed and brought comfort and healing to her soul. The presence of God flowed into homes all across the city, bringing flourishing wherever it flowed. The river split and it flowed into schools. The young schoolgirl was surrounded by her classmates. quizzing her about her faith. She answered with wisdom, with kindness, humility, and grace beyond her years. She brought words of hope, healing, and love to her confused and hurting friends. One young girl started to write on her page words to describe herself, ugly, useless, failure, stupid. The river overflowed and this young girl From the church, she scored out every single word and replaced it with beautiful, clever, loved, wanted, accepted. The river flowed into homes and hospitals through midwives visiting young mothers with their new babies. The midwives showed love, patience, understanding, and encouraged the young mothers, giving them confidence and peace. The mums felt loved, supported, understood and had their fears and worries relieved by the river. The elderly were treated with dignity, respect, empathy and patience and their little chats with the friendly nurses and doctors on their beds made their stay not only bearable but enjoyable. The river was flowing and bringing flourishing into homes and hospitals. The river flowed into courtrooms and judges judged with justice, but also with great wisdom, empathy, and compassion. And some of those convicted would experience grace within the law and be overwhelmed by generosity. The river split and flowed into cafes, bars, fishmongers, and restaurants. And as people were served, they were met with a smile and friendly service and a listening ear. Many cafes shared their pain and struggles, and the river flowed into their lives to bring a listening ear, empathy, comfort, and strength. Wherever the river flowed, it brought flourishing. The river flowed into offices, business, government meetings and spoke up for justice on behalf of the poor and vulnerable. The river served and loved and listened with humility. This shifted cultures and business and workplaces where people listened to each other and served each other with humility to replace the power struggles. The river flowed was a river of blessing and it flowed all through the city. A river of love and justice and kindness flowed through checkouts, telephones, home visits, and wherever this river flowed, it brought flourishing. The river was one of wisdom which flowed into every sphere of influence throughout the city and nations, impacting them with kingdom excellence and justice. The influence of this river and kingdom culture was as powerful as salt in preserving meat from rotting. It was as powerful as light and brightening the darkness. As people all over the city experienced the river, some started to inquire about it. What was this river? What motivated it? And how could they experience more of it? The people all over the city who were far from God and not religious had all kinds of struggles, pain, fear, anxiety, and challenges. They experienced and felt some hope and wisdom in the river and started to be warm and friendly towards the river. The church longed for others to experience the river of God's blessing and love. They were so in love with their God and His presence and blessing in their lives, they longed for others to find and discover the rich and abundant life that they were experiencing. And as they met people in their everyday lives who warmed to them and felt peace around, they started to pray for them. They prayed for their city. They prayed for their neighbors. They prayed for opportunities. They prayed they would be used to share good news and be good news. And they prayed for questions. They invited them to eat in their homes. They became friends of those far from God and became wonderful, empathetic listeners. And as they listened, they learned how they could serve them and bless them and help these people with their needs. Meals were made for pregnant mothers, dogs were walked to help elderly neighbors, hospital visits were made to sickly neighbors, lonely widows who had recently lost their husbands were visited for tea and cake and some prayer. Mountains were climbed, sports were played, football was watched to connect and serve, people far from God to the river. Children were sat for to allow neighbors a date night. You name it, people in villages and towns far and wide were served in all their various needs. And they waited for the moment. They knew the moment would come. They had prayed for it. They were prepared for it and they expected it. And they knew God would show them when that moment was. The moment was the My Story moment, and at the appropriate time they would share their story of how the God of love came to them and blessed them. Some would share their story in person, others would hand out their My Story card. Everybody in the church carried the My Story card in expectation of the moment. It was a business style card with a QR code that prepared it to share when they got the God nudge. The other person would scan the code and it would take them to a personalized page. And it had a three minute, my story video, which was clear, concise and compelling. And underneath was a longer video with my longer story for those who wanted to go deeper. There was details of how the person came to know God and how the person could also. There was prayer the person could say and some basic instructions beneath how to get started with links to more videos and questions and answers about their faith. And this beautiful church so many people watched their My Story videos. Some ignored it, some found them interesting, but would not return to it for many years in their moment of need. Some, however, were impacted and started their journey of faith and entered the river ankle-deep. As this Church of Ordinary People lived their lives, their impact in the city, it wasn't noticed at first. Their impact seemed as small as a mustard seed, but it grew and it spread slowly and surely like yeast which invisibly causes the bread to rise. The influence of this church on their city was causing the city to rise out of the ashes. The culture started to change. The city began to smile again. Joy was found in the homes and schools and workplaces once again. Marriages and families flourished and the health and crime statistics of the city began to change incredibly beyond words or human explanation. And as this beautiful church continued to faithfully worship, be transformed, and bless their city, they slowly but surely started to see cultural transformation all over their city. And many came to know God and His love and worship Him and the church went from strength to strength, and when, they were ga- and when they gathered, they were soon bursting at the seams." The end. I would like to close with a video of an example of a river of blessing in action is from Judge Frank Caprio. He's a Chief Municipal Judge in Providence, Rhode Island. He's 87 years old. He served as a Providence Municipal Court Judge since 1985 for 38 years. Here's an example of the river in action, Then we'll pray. Thank you.
1: When it comes to like
2: you get nervous when you come to court? Yeah,
1: it's my mm-hmm. first
2: time. Oh, this is your first time in court? Oh. Yeah. So far, how you doing? Okay? So far?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, I think today is uh, overnight parking day, Inspector Quinn. You uh, now has four overnight parking tickets all at the same location. So, what do you want to tell me about these, you know?
1: I just want to know if I'm able to pay like in October because I start my job on October 5th. And my car isn't registered, so I wasn't able to get like the permit sticker yet, because my car gets registered in November.
2: What do you do for work? Are you working?
1: No, not yet. I am gonna be working at Santander's on October 5th.
2: And what did you do? What was your last job? Walmart. You worked at Walmart, huh. Oh, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
2: You're in sales. Are you a good salesperson? Yeah. You're gonna work at a bank now, huh? Mm-hmm. S- at Santander? Yes. Yeah. You're gonna be what? You're gonna be chief operating officer? What are you gonna do?
1: Um, customer service, taken. See, she's clothes. got a good
2: person. All of a sudden, we got at the smile, Inspector Quinn. Like, what I'm type of. Smile what? a little more and give me the keys to the vault. Let's work <laughs> on that one. <laughs> All right. These overnight parking tickets, is this because you did not have a parking spot? Hmm? I mean, mm-hmm. is that an area where you live?
1: Yeah, like, it's like very full, so it's like I have to park outside on the streets.
2: Do you have a parking spot now?
1: No, like I have, once I get my car registered, I'm gonna get the, the sticker for it.
2: The fines are 200 bucks now because they all tripled. And I'm gonna fine you $20. I'm gonna fine you for one of these tickets. And I'm gonna give you all the time you need to pay it. Like who do you, I mean, who do you live with? You live with your parents, you live alone, you live with uh, it's just
1: me and my daughter. We rent um a your place. Your daughter? Mm-hmm.
2: You have a young daughter? How old is she? 10 months. 10 months? It's just you and she?
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, okay, what's her name? Camila. Well, we can't let you pay $20, because then, I don't know, maybe when you go home tonight, you need some food for the baby, and uh, if you pay $20 here, maybe you won't be able to afford the food, so I'm not gonna do that. We have to take the baby into consideration, Inspector Quinn. And right now, she's like between a rock and a hard place. She wants to buy the parking pass, and she can't, because the registry isn't accommodating those right now, right? And she's looking to do that, and she doesn't have a job, but she's got a little baby. So. (sighs) And I can't take care of a 10 month old judge. I I know I can't do that, so. But there are a whole bunch of things you can do. So what is it, you're completely broke? Hmm? You are completely broke, is that it? You have nothing? Nothing. Yeah, your story really touches me, okay? So, I mean, you, you only have one child? Yeah. Well, I guess you have a lot of challenges being a single mom, right? What's the biggest challenge?
1: Um, taking care of the baby alone at night.
2: So you're dedicated to the baby. That's your first yeah. and primary focus in life, taking care of that little baby. You know, and that's the right, not, not that there's a right or wrong answer, but that answer is the right answer because it shows where, where your mind is and where your heart is and where it should be, too. Okay, you know, there were an awful lot of generous people in this country, and we are on, you know, uh, we are on social media, and we are on television, and people throughout the world see what happens in this courtroom, and and they send in contributions voluntarily and ask me to give them to people, I think, uh, to use them toward people who I think are are worthy, and you certainly are, so. I have a gentleman, actually, from, Eustace, Florida, by the name of Gary Ashcraft. And he sent in $25 and said, please use this to help uh, a single mom who's doing everything she can to help her children. And that's you. So I'm gonna use that $25 to pay for your ticket. But I'm gonna do a little bit more than that. I mean, since you came in broke today, there were an awful lot of people who send in some money here, so. I don't want you leaving here today and not having enough money to uh, take care of your baby. So I am going to, from the generosity of people from throughout the country who have sent in cash, I am going to give you $50 in cash for you to use to take care of your baby. Thank you. Okay. And you put that to good use. Thank
1: you so much.
2: Inspector Quinn you get a devotional you get it.
1: thank you guys
2: anything you want to say to the person who sent in that money
1: uh, I want to say thank you so much and I really do appreciate it and you know I want to do what he does you know sending money to help other people too when I get the chance
2: I'm so happy you said that because I was just about to say you know, There's a condition attached to this, and the condition is I know that someday things are going to be real good for you. And that you have to give back and help somebody else, which I know you're going to do, right? So That's your part of the deal. Take care of that little baby and help somebody when you get a chance. Good luck.
1: Thank you.
0: Let's stand to our feet. The transforming river of blessing. Clara, just put that, uh, that video, that song on for two minutes. Can we have the band back up? I said, yeah, just play that that for two minutes, just for a couple of minutes while I pray. Um, I've emailed out my notes, that story. Someone once asked Miles Monroe, how long did it take you to prepare your message? And he said, all of my life. I kind of feel a wee bit about this, about this message that is uh, kind of coming together of things that God has been showing me all my life, and so the notes, with no apology, has 52 footnotes, and I don't expect many of you to be interested or to, to read them, but there might be one or two. So it's in your email inbox, um, there's ten copies at the back for anybody who, who is interested. But there's biblical references, quotes, um, sermons, all through that, that story. Um, But I just want to pray. Let's put that music up just a little bit if possible. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your river, Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your compassion towards us, Lord. Like that girl, Lord, before the judge, Lord, we we were broke. We were in debt but we were met with that smile of a father. We were met with those eyes of compassion and love. You not only forgave our debt and wiped it off and paid for it, but you gave us blessing, that which we did not earn or deserve, you gave it to us. And like that girl wanted then to give away the blessing, so God, you get, you, you've blessed us in order to be a blessing. And Father, I just pray that your river of love would flow from the throne room to our hearts today. Saturate us and consume us with your love. When we look to the cross where you died for us, Lord Jesus. We see that love of the Father that gave everything his own son. And we see those eyes of love and compassion looking down on us. And we just say, thank you, Lord. And we just want to overflow. So I pray that you would open our eyes to see and to know the depths of the love that you have for us, O loving Father. And I ask you, river of God, to flow into every heart just now. And to reveal afresh the love that you have for them. They would not just know the Bible verses about love, but they'll have heart conviction that you would open the eyes of our hearts to know this love which surpasses knowledge, Lord. You pour out your love into our hearts by the river of the Holy Spirit, that Lord, we may flow into the courtrooms, the schools, the villages, the homes, the hills, the mountains, the sports stadiums, and that we would release your grace, release your kindness, release the river of blessing. To see our city transformed and to see us bursting at the seams once again with people longing to be in the river of your blessing, God. That you would give us a vision for our city smiling once again. Shalom would be restored to this city. Wholeness would be brought back to the city. You would repair the broken down walls of our city. You would repair the broken relationships, and You would repair our broken city, Lord, and that You would give us a heart to pray for the shalom of the city, for in its shalom we will experience shalom, O oh God. And may we do it joyfully, Lord. May we do it, Lord, with faith and expectation let your river flow, Lord. Commission us afresh tonight, Lord, this year, Lord. We be commissioned afresh to release your blessing, for wherever the river flows, it brings flourishing. Commission us afresh, Lord, to release the river of blessing in our homes, in our villages, in our streets, to our neighbors, to our work colleagues, Lord to release the river of blessing, to be praying, Lord, that they would open up and ask questions, to be praying for opportunities to pray for the lost, to share our story with the lost, to invite our lost to come to know you and to experience the river of your love. Commission us afresh. Give us vision, we pray, Lord. Give us, let us see. Our city as you see it. Let us see our church as you see it. Let us see ourselves as you see us, Lord, and give us vision of the river of your blessing bringing flourishing all over the earth. We ask in your mighty holy name. We ask in your mighty holy name. Let's put our hands together and thank God for His love. Come on, come on, put a hand together. Let's thank him for his love. Let's close. Band, please just close in a, a, a song. Thank you.